Well, today we're continuing in our series on the parables of Jesus. And if you haven't joined us so far, you're not really sure what a parable is. A parable is simply a story that uses common everyday objects to teach us as Jesus' disciples about how we're called to live in the world. And they also teach us more about the character and the kingdom of God. And Jesus, he loved teaching in parables. The majority of his teaching was in this format. And I think he taught in this way because parables are powerful. You see, parables, they, 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 they kind of combine emotion and information together in the story. And, and through the story with emotion and information paired together, what happens to the hearers when, when we experience these parables, when we receive them into our hearts and our lives, what we experience is truth and transformation. And so far, we've, we've looked at some of Jesus's unforgettable parables. I mean, these are things that, that are easy to remember and easy to recall. And we've looked at uh, the parable of the soils or the parable of the sower. We looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan. Last week, Lucas did an awesome job sharing with us the parable of the prodigal son or uh, the, the prodigal, the extravagant father. And today, we're going to look at a couple more parables. Specifically, we're going to look at some parables about prayer. And, and I think Jesus told these parables about prayer because while prayer is something a lot of us know about, we know that prayer at, at a basic level is communication with God, sometimes prayer can be a challenge for us. And I was thinking about this uh, because recently my nephew, one of them, turned five years old. And Emily and I, we went to his birthday party. And, you know, in the season that we're in, it wasn't a normal birthday party. It was a, a, a coronavirus birthday party where people drove by in celebration and, and people were out on the sidewalk kind of celebrating him from a distance. So that was kind of different. It was our first one doing that. But we were able to give him a gift. And the gift we gave him, I think, is really like the greatest gift that you could give a five-year-old. And that gift was a pair of walkie-talkies. Now, I don't know if you, if you ever had a pair of walkie-talkies. If you did, you can let us know in the chat. But walkie-talkies are amazing. I mean, when I was little and I had these, I thought, you know what, this is the coolest thing. I felt so powerful. I felt kind of sneaky. I've always wanted to be a detective. And so it was just the greatest thing. So he put the batteries in them and he gave one of the walkie-talkies. There was two of them, one to his little sister. She ran down the street uh, with some of others of us and, and they started talking into them. And as soon as they started talking into them, we, we quickly learned and they quickly learned, okay, she couldn't hear what he was saying. We could hear him talking into the walkie-talkie, but, but she couldn't hear it on her receiver. Then she would try talking back to him. He couldn't hear her. And, and part of the problem was that, that she was pressing down the button while he was talking and then he had switched channels. And, and there was just a, a lot of frustration between the two of them because they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know why they were working. And so what Emily and I did is we, we kind of got them together, got the walkie-talkies together, showed them how to use them, when to press the button, when not to press the button, and how to be on the same channel. And soon, once they knew how to use the walkie-talkies, their frustration moved into communication. And they began talking on them non-stop. And my brother and sister-in-law have told me that they keep using them and that they've, they've kept talking on them. They're having a lot of fun now that they finally know how to use them. And I, and I think in our lives, a lot of times prayer is this way. I mean, prayer at times can feel kind of frustrating. 
we can feel like we're not on the same channel with God or like our prayers just aren't coming through or like, okay, we're talking to God, but it feels like God's not really speaking to us. And I think sometimes the reason for that lack of communication is because we don't always know how to pray, what to pray for, or, or really much beyond just the basic fact that we should pray. And so here in these parables, I mean, this morning, one of the things that Jesus is going to do is he is going to teach us more about prayer and how we should pray as his disciples. And so uh, the parables that we're going to look at, they're, they're two parables and they actually come back to back in Luke chapter 18. So if you have your Bible or a Bible app or you can Google it on your phone, I would love for you to turn to Luke chapter 18 with me as we read the first of these parables, talk about it some, and then look at the second one. So Luke chapter 18 verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said this, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually won't come and attack me or kind of assault me, it means in the original language, with her words. And then the Lord said this. He said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And won't God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So here, I mean, this is a rather short parable, but in the short parable, Jesus he introduces two characters to us, a widow and a judge. And now in this day and time, a widow, uh, I mean, would have been someone with no education, very little money, not much standing in society. W without male relatives, particularly in this culture, she, she really wouldn't have had uh, a future and certainly wouldn't have had advocates for her. And so in the parable, we find out that this widow, who is really just struggling in life, has faced a, a hardship, some kind of injustice. She has an adversary. We don't exactly know what it is. But she goes to the judge because she really has nowhere else to go, no one else to turn to. She goes to this judge and she pleads with him, will you please give me justice? Will you give me this thing I desperately need? And then Jesus tells us that there is a judge, a judge who's described as not fearing God, not caring what other people think. I mean, judges were really supposed to be representatives of God who, who exerted his, his justice, his law, his rule in this world and who helped people uh, experience peace and justice and, and kind of organize society. But, but here we see that this judge really isn't interested in any of that. And so in the story, day after day, this widow who is in desperate need goes to the judge she pounds on his door. She, she just, she gives him his, her words and, and she's just like, please, she's begging him. She's pleading with him and he's like, no. So she comes back the next day and he's like, no, 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 no. 
But every day, this widow comes before him again. And finally, she wears him down. I don't know if you've ever been worn down like this, this guy in this story. Finally, he is worn down. And he says, you know what? Not because I love you or I care about you, but because you won't stop, I'll grant you justice. I'll give you what you need. I mean, this is a, a very interesting parable for, for a lot of people. It's kind of challenging because a lot of times when we come to the parables, we, we, we tend to try to read them as allegories and place ourselves in them and say, okay, who are we and who is God? And so we think, okay, well, I guess we're like the widow, right? We are people in need. And we don't always have the relationships we need to, to, to give us what we need. We don't always know where to go or who to turn to. We, we don't always feel like we have a lot of power. And so that's us. And then in this interpretation then, there's this idea that, okay, well, if we're the widow, then God is the judge. And so then we, we kind of get this idea, okay, well, so God is the judge and maybe he doesn't care about us too much but if we keep praying if we keep nagging him and pestering him then finally he will say you know what I'm, I'm busy managing the world and other people's lives and, and your stuff's not a big deal but finally because you won't stop pestering me I will relent and give you what you need that's a common interpretation of this parable when a lot of people just read it on the surface but but when it's interpreted that way we have to kind of ask ourselves I mean, is this the image of, of God that we get throughout Scripture? Is this the image of God Jesus gives us elsewhere? And, and if not, then perhaps we're, we're not interpreting the parable properly. I mean, if you think about the God that Jesus describes as our, as our Heavenly Father, and when we think about the parable that Lucas told us last week, uh, about a God who loves us, who wants a relationship with us, uh, a God who's like the father and the prodigal son who runs out to meet his son and extends love and grace and embraces him. Well, okay, that doesn't sound like the unjust judge in this parable. So maybe it's not a one-to-one -one connection here. And so I, I don't think the way to read this is to think, okay, we're the widow and, and God is the unjust judge. I think actually what's happening here is Jesus is telling us a parable that's based on contrast. I think really if we, we dive deeper, what we find is that, that here Jesus is telling us that, that God is actually the opposite of the judge. God isn't unjust. He doesn't not care about people. God is just, he's holy, he is loving, and he cares for his people. So, so he's the opposite of this unjust judge. And here Jesus is also telling us, actually, while at times we do feel abandoned and in desperate need, we're actually not like the widow because we have a relationship with the one that we're asking things for and from. We have a relationship with the one that we go to in prayer, God, our heavenly father. We're, we're, we're not a widow and a judge in some judicial system where they don't know each other. No, we are sons and daughters of the most high God. And so what Jesus is saying here is if an unjust judge who doesn't like people, who despises God, will give this widow what she wants as she keeps coming to him. Jesus is telling us how much more, how much more will your heavenly father who loves you give you his child what you need?
and what you ask him for in prayer. And, and I mean, Jesus kind of makes this more clear in Matthew chapter 7. He puts it like this. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? I once heard a, a pastor say, God is interested in your prayers because he's interested in you. And so I think one of the things that Jesus is trying to teach us about prayer here, about how we're called to communicate with God, is that I think he's teaching us that we need to pray. I mean, he says it very clearly, pray and to not give up. We need to be persistent. Not just coming to God one time when we're in an emergency and when we're in a tough situation, you know, pull prayer out of the closet uh, like we kind of, a lot of people have done during this season, right? Okay, we're in desperate need, let's pull it out now. He's saying, no, be persistent, pray on a regular basis because yes, God wants to hear from you in the midst of your struggles, but God, he, he wants you to be persistent in prayer. He wants you to come before him again and again, coming to him in faith, offering your request because he is your heavenly father who loves you. And so how should we pray? Jesus tells us we should pray persistently. And then he keeps going. He keeps going on this theme of prayer and he actually tells another parable of contrast right after this one in Luke 18. And here's what he says. Once again, verse nine. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people. I thank you I'm not like the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus says this, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And once again, we have two characters. But this time, it's a Pharisee and a tax collector. Now, the Pharisees, they were a group of people, a movement within Judaism of, of people who had, uh, you might say, the utmost respect for the law and sought with, with all their beings to obey it religiously. They, they focused on ritual purity and faithful practices. And, and we see this Pharisee here. Uh, I mean, he is doing what's expected of him. He is praying. And then in his prayer, I mean, he even brags. He says, look, I fast twice a week, not, not just once like is required. I fast more than I need to. And he's telling God, God, look, I tithe. God, look at all of my good deeds. That's how the Pharisee approaches the temple in prayer. But then the tax collector, he, he does something different. 
And tax collector, I mean, he doesn't even get close to the center of the temple for prayer. I mean, he kind of stays at a distance because the people Jesus is talking to, they, they would have thought a tax collector at the temple, I mean, that's kind of absurd. Tax collectors are kind of immoral people. They wouldn't be praying. They wouldn't be having a relationship with God. It would have been surprising to find him anywhere near the temple praying. But here we see him praying, praying from a distance because, you know what? The tax collectors were despised. They were viewed as, as traitors. And so he's saying, like, I, I'm not even coming close to the Holy of Holies or, or getting near the center of the temple. I'm going to stand at a distance and I'm going to pray here. And as he's praying, Jesus, in this parable, lifts up the tax collector as the model. And this is one of the surprising things Jesus does throughout the parables. He oftentimes lifts up the unexpected person like the widow or like this tax collector. And he says, look, the tax collector is the one who's doing what is right in the story. He's the one who goes home justified in a right relationship with God. And if we look at the tax collector's prayer as opposed to the Pharisee's prayer, I mean, we, we, we learn more about how we should pray in our lives. And, and so, I mean, before we learn, we should pray persistently and here, I think in this story, we also learn that we need to pray humbly. We need to pray humbly. I mean, think about the, the pride that the Pharisee had as he approached God. Focusing on himself and on his good deeds, all of his good works and what he had done, thanking God that he was not like the others. I mean, he's just the definition of pride, right? But the tax collector, we read, comes humbly. Instead of looking up to the heaven as their practice was in prayer at the time, he, he bows his head as a sign saying, you know what, God, I, I'm humbling myself before you. He, he doesn't go to the center of things. He stands at a distance and he beats his chest, a sign of, of grief, of remorse, of repentance, saying, look, God, I, I, I'm barely even worthy to come to you in your presence. He comes humble before God. And I think that's how God wants us to come to him in prayer as well. Coming to him with confidence, yes, that we're his children. But coming to him recognizing that, that he is God, our heavenly father. He is our creator. He is God and we are not. And submitting ourselves to him, to his rule, to his reign, to his kingdom, and as we come to him in prayer saying, God, I'm coming to you with everything, but, but I'm asking you to help me because I don't have the answers. I don't have the solutions. I need you. He calls us to be humble. But then I think he also here calls us to be honest. To honestly come before God. I mean, this tax collector, he knows what he's done. As scripture said, his, says his, his sins are ever before him. He knows and so, so he prays this prayer, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you've ever thought, you know what, you have to have long prayers, complicated prayers, or you need to have the exact right words to say, I mean, here we see, you know what, he just prays honestly, humbly, and simply before God, this honest prayer saying, God, I'm a sinner and I need you. I mean, this is kind of like the original sinner's prayer. And actually, since Jesus told this parable for the last 2,000 years in the church, people have been praying a form of this prayer. It's, 
often known as the Jesus Prayer. And it's a little modified, but the Jesus Prayer goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's a prayer that's not complicated. It's just humble. And it's honest. And this is a model prayer of how we're called to come before God, coming before him, uh, not with, with shame or not trying to hide or cover things up, knowing that God knows everything. He knows everything and yet he wants to hear from us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to speak to us. He wants us to come honestly knowing that through Jesus Christ, we have access to his forgiveness, his grace, and his mercy. And so Jesus here answers that question. I mean, how should we pray? He says, pray persistently. Pray humbly. Pray honestly. It doesn't have to be that complicated. And then I think in the, the parables, he also tells us why we should pray. We should pray because we have a heavenly father who is not like the judge in this parable. We have a heavenly father who wants to give his children, his sons and his daughters, good gifts. We have a heavenly father who is waiting to hear from us and who loves to talk with us. This week I was uh, thinking about prayer and particularly impactful times in my life with prayer. Um, I was thinking back to a time when I was first in ministry when I was much younger. I know, you think I'm still young now, but I was much younger at the time. And I was serving a church in the northern suburbs of Atlanta and, and quite honestly, there weren't a lot of people my age in the community. There uh, were a lot of people older than me, a lot of people younger than me, but I was in my, my 20s in the outer suburbs and I had just been months after I got to the church, not really connecting with friends and peers. And, and, and so I, I was trying to do, you know, what you do if you want friends. I mean, I didn't know. Now they have like apps, you know, where you can like go and find a friend, like, like dating, but it's for friends. But that's another story. So I, I began doing what I knew to do at the time. I just went to Starbucks and I'd, I'd work at Starbucks and like hope. I was going to make a friend there, but I'm not really that extroverted. So I would just be typing on my laptop, looking around, thinking, okay, none of these people are my friends and I don't know how that's going to happen. And, and I'd put myself out there. I would go to the mall. I, I would do different stuff. But I was like, God, I, I don't know how to make friends. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And so I just humbly came to God in prayer. And I said, God, I need you. God, I need, I need you to send a friend into my life because clearly I, I, I'm not doing it on my own. And, and I was honest before him. I, I was like, God, I really want a friend. You've created us for relationships. And so God, send those into my life. And so I began praying for friends. And one night, uh, I wrote it in a journal. I was praying and I, I felt like God spoke to me. And it, was, it wasn't like an audible voice. It was more of just an impression, kind of a word. And I felt like God was telling me when I was praying for friends, I felt like he was telling me McDonald's, which uh, I, I wasn't super clear at the time. 
wrote it down. I was thinking, okay, McDonald's, what, is, what does that mean? And I began kind of asking uh, God what it meant. And, and I think sometimes when God speaks to us and guides us, he doesn't always show us the full picture. He just kind of gives us the next step. And so I said, well, maybe, you know, I've been trying to go to Starbucks and make friends. Maybe I need to go to McDonald's. And so a few nights later, uh, I got my laptop and I thought, you know what, I'll go do some work at McDonald's. And because I didn't want to be that guy, uh, cheapskate, uh, just getting free Wi-Fi, I, I waited in line to get a little ice cream cone. And as I was waiting in line, there were a couple people around my age next to me and they had sand all over their legs and stuff. And somehow we, we struck up a conversation uh, about uh, why they were sandy, if there was a beach nearby, what was going on. And they were like, oh, actually down the street, we play beach volleyball pretty much every single night during the summer. You should come out and join us sometime. We'd love to have you. And I was trying to play it cool. I was like, okay, you know, okay, yeah, maybe so. And um, I just went and worked. But then the next night I went out to the volleyball courts and I, I found the people and they were like, hey, it's the dude from McDonald's. And that night I began playing volleyball with them. And that night... I began friendships that would actually last me years in that community. And I saw God answer my prayer for friends at McDonald's. And now, I don't know uh, how God has worked in your life or wants to work in your life, but if God can use McDonald's and a, and a little ice cream cone, I think he can do even more than you've asked or imagined in your own life. If you'll simply come to him in prayer. And that's what Jesus is telling us here. Pray and don't give up. Pray because your heavenly father wants to hear from you. Pray persistently, regularly, humbly, Honestly acknowledging your needs and trusting God that he has the ability and the desire to meet those needs. And so in this season, I want to invite you to join me in prayer. I know a lot of times the challenge for prayer, sometimes it's, it's knowing how, but a lot of times it's just making time and space. And so as we mentioned in the announcements earlier, I want to invite you to come this Wednesday night to our church's property as we pray over our property. For many years before this building was here, people came and prayer walked, asking God to do much more than we could ask or imagine. Asking God to, to bless this church, to help us grow as we built this building. We've seen prayers answered here and we wanna invite you to come and join us as we pray socially distanced from one another for what God's gonna do in the next season asking him to help us reach new people, asking God to help continue to transform our lives, asking him to help us be a beacon of light in this community. So I wanna invite you to come 7.30 p.m. this Wednesday night to pray, to pray honestly and humbly before God, asking him to do what we cannot do ourselves. We, we can't do church on our own and there's no point in trying because we are God's people. And he wants to fill us with his power and his presence. So this Wednesday night, I want to invite you to come. And this morning as we close, uh, I want to invite you to come with me before God in prayer as well. Uh, before you log off, 
uh, before you get distracted and do something else, I want to invite you to just just pause here. And we're going to pause for for about two minutes, which is going to feel like a long time for some of you. I just want to create some space where you and I can come before God today. And we can begin a conversation that I hope lasts well beyond today. And so as we come, I invite you to just still, still your hearts, bow your heads, and to just come honestly and humbly before God and offer Him the request that you have in your life. Heavenly Father, we are here. Your sons and your daughters. And this morning, we need you. Every hour, we need you. So would you come and would you meet us and would you hear our prayers during these moments?